You've tuned in to Badlaaf for Better, a podcast by B Medical Systems, saving lives through reliable and innovative technology, hosted by Jaisal Doshi. Hello and welcome to our new episode of Badlaaf for Better. As you know, Badlaaf for Better is our attempt to highlight positive stories in India's healthcare system with the hope that these small conversations can create ripple effects. and create significant changes for the better in india's healthcare system we've covered already a variety of topics in our previous podcasts and today i'm excited to talk about an entirely new topic which actually transcends through all aspects of india's healthcare system most importantly it is essential if india has to emerge as a global superpower in health, in the healthcare ecosystem Today we are going to talk about quality in healthcare. And I'm pleased to have somebody who spent all his life focusing on quality in healthcare in India. I'm pleased to welcome Dr. BK Rana, Dr. Bhupendra Kumar Rana. Dr. BK Rana is the CEO of Quality and Accreditation Institute QAI. Prior to this, he was the director and CEO in charge of NABH, which is India's National Quality Council of India for Hospitals. He has also been elected on the board of the directors of International Society for Telemedicine and Health and eHealth for a 3-year term starting in 2022. Previously he has served as a board member of the International Society for Quality in Healthcare and also president of the Asian Society for Quality in Healthcare. Dr. Rana has steered the development of over 2 dozen accreditation standards globally. He is credited to establish India's healthcare accreditation system with international benchmarks through leading NABH and QAI standards and organization to achieve the ISQA accreditation. He has also led the accreditation of India's first biobank. Dr. Rana, it is a great honor to welcome you here. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Jaisal. Thank you very much for having me here today. It's really exciting time as we are moving. towards excellence in india and the topic you have selected this time for healthcare quality is really a very very important uh, when we talk about healthcare facilities in india we talk about global standards so i think a very relevant topic very timely and i'm really excited to talk on this thank you thank you dr rana and as you said uh, quality is indeed very timely especially today you know india has just for example announced a new national medical devices policy you are the chief executive officer of the quality and accreditation institute or qai can you tell our listeners what exactly is qai and what does it do thank you very much uh, qai quality and accreditation institute started off as an healthcare accreditation body in 2017 uh, after i came out of nabh Uh, felt the need of you know having a system of healthcare quality to support the existing healthcare system for quality so qi verticals are four uh, starting from center for education and health because it's very very important that people should know about healthcare quality so education and training is one of the most important and critical aspects to people uh, to understand and creating awareness amongst them so we started off center for education and training then we have center for accreditation of health and social care under which we run programs for healthcare quality and accreditation currently we are running over 15 accreditation programs 
Then we have a center for laboratory accreditation, which is again based on international standards of ISO for testing labs, medical labs, and biobanking, as you just mentioned about biobanks. And then for center for accreditation of veterinary facilities, we develop accreditation standards for veterinary hospitals and clinic for the first time in India. And we are really happy that we would be soon launching these standards. So QAI actually provide an ecosystem for education, training, accreditation, and quality improvement in healthcare and social care. When we talk about healthcare, the medical laboratories are definitely part of it. So we provide standards for ISO 15189 accreditation. And of course, biobanking is another component, which is now gaining a lot of insight as well as you know attention, particularly after COVID-19, to develop different types of drugs and vaccines. So, so QI is now positioned well internationally. Uh, we are internationally recognized by International Society for Quality in Healthcare. External Evaluation Association, which is seen as accrediting the accreditation providers globally. And for our laboratory program, we are uh, recognized by International Laboratory Accreditation Cooperation, ILAC, for our testing and medical laboratory accreditation program. So I think we just started off very young, uh, very new and young organization, but we are really excited to see that how we can really make a difference in healthcare quality domain in India as well as globally. You know, what I find very impressive is the first thing you started off saying is that you started a center for learning and education. Because indeed, uh, what I find, especially about quality in India, not just across in healthcare, but across all sectors, is quality is uh, a, a very misunderstood term and in fact, not understood by many people. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit, especially talking about quality in healthcare, what exactly does it mean? See, quality, as you know, is not a new word. It's a, it's it has been in existence for many many years. It started from manufacturing sector, you know, but quality in healthcare has a different connotation. When we talk about quality in healthcare, it's uh, and I I can use the World Health Organization reference as well. The quality in healthcare is about the care in time. So we got timely care, you know, the safe care, efficient care effective care, it should be integrated. It should not be just taken into isolation. It should be integrated. And it should be patient-centric. And I would say go beyond patient-centric is about person-centric, you know, which means that patient at the center, the family around, and the community around. It's not just patient. We are not just talking about disease. We are talking about a person. So the treatment may vary from person to person. It may react person to person. So it should be person or people-centric care and safe care, of course, patient safety. And I, I remember uh, uh, the reference from uh, Dr. Tedros, Director General of World Health Organization. He said recently that if it is not safe, it is not care. It's a very powerful statement in healthcare. So quality, of course, is seen as perceived, uh, you know, opinions and uh, experiences of different consumers and customers. But healthcare specifically, we focus on safety. Uh, of patient and COVID talked about it's not safe for patient if the staff is also not safe. So the safety now, patient safety as staff safety both is to drive the agenda for quality in healthcare. But you mentioned something very interesting that it's not just patient centric but person centric and also I, and this is for the first time that I'm hearing that you're talking not just about the safety of the patient but also the caregivers the doctor, the staff and have you seen 
that being a paradigm shift driven by covid or was it in the works even pre covid uh, it was in there it was there um, pre covid but covid has actually i would say catalyzes it you know um, when there were covid patient in a hospital and patients are being treated so everyone is afraid of going near the positive patients you know and so the staff were provided uh, you know uh, ppes and all but still the the staff may have in mind that he or she may get con- get covid-19 from the patient so if that is there in the mind of the staff who is providing care they may not be uh, attentive towards patient so it is was very very important that they need to be assured and reassured all time that they are safe you you will get what you need to protect yourself please focus on the patient and and that's why even world health organization come up as a global agenda for uh, safety including staff into the safety paradigm you know so staff safety makes a lot of difference and therefore uh, though i know that in uh, this quality standard or accredited standard we pay attention to the staff safety but covid has really uh, make it more significant Uh, to understand by people who are caregiver or a staff or a, you know frontline worker you would say in a hospital also the leadership that you need to focus on staff safety to ensure patient safety so this is just a you know an extrapolation of uh, staff safety after covid-19 no and it's it's very interesting because uh, you know when i was younger and possibly even today when you have your family member in hospital what typically happens you have 15 people from the family visiting that person and not only is it not always good for the patient but also for the staff and you know we've seen countless instances where the hospital tries to enforce some restrictions so i i think it's helpful to think about it also from a quality perspective that that actually helps improve overall quality of the hospital of the service provider certainly jessel absolutely restrictions imposed by hospital for visitors makes lot of sense is for everyone is for patient because patient may be vulnerable may be uh, exposed to some infection which he is not there to but visitors may bring it for staff as well they may also get it and also on the other side of the visitors you know they may also contract because hospital is a complex environment there may be uh, infection moving around and if some visitor is you know compromised immunocompromised or you know age or something which may be you know contracting the infection quickly so it's it's very very important for people even visitors to understand that the the hospitals are trying their best to protect the patient and them them you know so they should be actually paying attention to listen to the instruction by hospital not to visit quite frequently and not bring many people is in the interest of the patient and their own uh, interest so i think that makes a lot of uh, important aspects of care for the patient absolutely and just going back to quality in healthcare you also mentioned several standards during the conversation but for a lay person you know uh, somebody in a tier 3 or a or a village who's going to a hospital how does he or she understand whether there is quality or or an absence of it yeah again very important question jessel i think as a layman or somebody who really visiting a hospital to uh, for their own care or for their uh, family member uh, how to really make a inference out of the hospital service the first thing will come to my mind is if i go and if i talk to someone and they listen to me 
whether it's a nurse or even a front desk person or the reception or even a doctor i really want to know as a family member about my patient and if somebody is there to listen to me and respond to my questions at time my questions may be sound non scientific and non logical but the healthcare provider must understand my situation at that time i think if someone is there to attend to me to listen i think that's the first thing uh, should be really given a an option the second thing is about the services you know when people talk to the patient the people say no nobody is coming to me nobody is talking to me i think that's again second line which may not be clinically relevant but what about the the mental status of a patient and the family member is there someone the doctor may not be visiting nurse may not be visiting because of reasons he may not require so much of frequent visit but patient may not understand so i think that communication that awareness towards that we will be there when you need it as per your treatment line or care plan same thing you need to be communicated to the family and relative so i think communication plays another very very significant and important role in understanding towards the quality of services and of course the outcomes are really uh, makes lot of difference and uh, but also again i would put communication as one of the most important ecosystem into because i don't think that any hospital or or a provider doctor nurse would provide a bad quality of care everyone want to provide a good service to them but all outcomes may not be favorable what we perceive and in those cases patient may have some adverse incidents or maybe you know death because that's what clinical things are not in your hand despite you tried your best but that need to be communicated to the patient and the relatives accordingly and appropriately so i think that will make a lot of difference and we keep hearing a lot of uh, real stories about bad outcomes not communicated to the patients or relatives before and the family beforehand which lead to lot of troubles which are not required to be no no fault of hospital or doctor but it happened because there was lack of communication so i think the quality comes from the mindset that how i would perceive it it may vary from from person to person but what minimum would be is to 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 hear me out what i am expecting out of a healthcare uh, provider so i think that would be the first line i won't go into more cl- critical and clinical aspects of or technical aspects of, but i think this is a layman would be that you hear me out you let me know what's going on with my patient and you are there when i i need you so i think there are couple of things would be really make a lot of difference for uh, the receiver end from the provider side and this is great advice because a lot of our listeners are actually aspiring public health or private health practitioners and you know it's uh, not just applicable for doctors or nurses but as you said for the receptionist sitting in a hospital or a primary healthcare center perhaps that it's important to just hear the patient out first because that's where quality already starts so i i think uh, this is great advice for many of our listeners who are actually looking to get into healthcare and uh, maybe talking a little bit more specifically as you mentioned as well that you know sometimes you have unfavorable outcomes and of course you know it's it's uh, it's something that always happens or does happen when a patient could also have a death scenario in those uh, 
and not just in those but across all scenarios uh, are there any rights that users of healthcare have when it comes to quality yes certainly see uh, there are patient rights of course and, uh, and we say sometimes we call it in public facility patient charter you know and uh, our health ministry in india also have published patient charter and uh, accreditation standards which we are so provide there is a specific mention of patient rights which include couple of those right like uh, rights to access to medical records access to you know the information i mean i rights to deny you know treatment that i am a patient can make a choice that i don't want any treatment right uh, as a right i safe safe care my rights keeping my information confidential and secure is my right so there are couple of rights of patients uh, which are already highlighted by you know uh, healthcare providers and uh, as far as the bad outcomes are concerned as i mentioned hospital or provider would like to have the best outcomes right however still there are bad outcomes uh, which of course are based on you know um, that that the type of ailment the disease the patient have and you know the care being driven uh, of course uh, there are medical errors happening around the world in in in, in good numbers right in great numbers and uh, most of them are preventable you know when we look at those many of them most of them are very much preventable means there are you know which can be prevented but again is based on the systems systems and system when we talk about system is like structures process and outcome so structures like minimum things to be in a healthcare facility present then processes around different processes and of course third is outcome so when we say any uh, adverse incident happening or adverse outcomes happening they may be related to inherent characters or properties of the patient itself which has to be happening you can't do anything about it but certain things which actually now we as a quality a driver and organizations and globally uh, many international organizations are driving is how we can reduce if we can't bring down to zero harm okay if if you can bring down harm to zero nothing like it but if can't bring down to zero at least you can minimize them so how we can minimize those harm which are very much preventable avoidable right looking at a different systems that's how we we should be moving forward so of course patient families have rights to ask for things which are already mentioned and derived and they are being given but patient also have education aspects to inform them about that patients also have responsibilities so actually rights and responsibilities goes together you can't just demand your rights you need to be responsible as well and one common example i'll give if a doctor ask a patient about the history of a problem or disease i think patient should also be uh, truthful about it you know as a responsible patient because that will have lot of implication on the treatment line so rights and responsibility should go hand in hand demanding rights good but also be responsible uh, patient is equally good for the better outcomes i would say Well, that's very well said dr rana that rights and responsibilities go together and just a thought that came into my mind have you thought about doing a course to educate patients about their rights and responsibilities uh, i think that's a very exciting idea so uh, qai and kaho consortium of accredited healthcare organization uh, 
put together an organization called Patient for Patient Safety Foundation as a non-profit trust. And the main agenda of this foundation is to drive patient safety. Uh, patient is one of the most important component of patient safety, you know. And therefore, uh, this Patient for Patient Safety Foundation is to drive uh, quality education, awareness amongst, you know, masses, patients, users, and public to drive this because, as you rightly mentioned in earlier uh, conversation, is creating awareness is one of the most important aspect of quality. And therefore, this Patient for Patient Safety Foundation is one of the pillar of driving this agenda going forward. It's an incredible initiative, the Patient for Patient Safety Foundation, and wish you all the best with it. Thank you very much, Jaisal. Thank you. You've tuned in to the seventh episode of Badlav for Better, an Indian healthcare story. But uh, one of the things I forgot to mention in your introduction is that you're also a member of the Technical Committee of Ayurveda Training Accreditation Board, the Ministry of Ayush Government of India. And can you talk to us a little bit about Ayush? Because uh, India is very unique in that, uh, you know, I, I think it's possibly the only country which has a ministry focused on, on Ayurveda and alternative treatments. And it is the birthplace of Ayurveda. And for whatever reasons, Ayurveda has always, uh, I would say, remained a bit of an exotic kind of uh, treatment but never got its place as a mainstream treatment. And I think to put quality as part of that would be very exciting. So would love to hear your thoughts on this. Thank you. Uh, I think this is very important. And when we talk about Indian healthcare system, and Ayush is one of the integral part of it, uh, not only just as Indian traditional system of medicine, but uh, globally, uh, now Ayurveda is being talked about. Yoga is being talked about. You know, so Ayush is not just Ayurveda. It's like you know, Ayurveda, Yoga, Yunani, Siddha, Naturopathy, um, different system of medicine which exist and prevalent for years together. And when we talk about heal in India, you know, it's not just restricting to allopathic medicine. I think uh, it's also uh, including Ayush. And um, the Heal in India and Heal by India by the government of India's uh, drive is really based on that we have world-class healthcare facilities in India with good credibility, you know, yet economic compared to anywhere in the world, you know. So it's a huge ground for medical value travel as we've been driven and also, you know, provide a very credible, uh, accountable, technically qualified people to other part of the world to, you know, uh, provide medical care. So Heal by India is there another thing. So Ayush has a very prominent role and I think our Ministry of Ayush is really uh, driving this agenda fabulously under uh, uh, the leadership of our uh, Ayush Secretary and the Minister and of course driven by our Health Minister and uh, Honorable Prime Minister to focus on the quality aspect of uh, healthcare. And Ayush is uh, playing an important role when we talk about integrated care, when we talk about holistic approach of addressing a, a problem, you know. So at times when allopathic is not coming out with, you know, so you integrate uh, this Indian system of medicine. So there are case studies and things going on that how we can really leverage on our knowledge and well, wealth of uh, understanding of IU system in providing the 
the optimum care to the patient. So this is very, very important. And many Ayush uh, healthcare facilities in India are really doing a very, very good job in, in offering the world-class treatment to the patients who comes not only from within country, but also from outside country. Uh, to drive just to you know, heal India is one of the components. But of course, when we talk about India, which is too huge, 1.4 you know, billion population and different states, even traveling from one state to another state, I would call it medical value travel, uh, uh, of course, from overseas as well. So Ayush has played a key role. And I think particularly in last couple of years, um, the Indian government has really been very proactive in positioning Ayush into mainframe, which actually helps the patient. So I think uh, we have a very bright uh, future in, in, that, in that direction as we look at holistic approach of uh, medical care. Absolutely. And I'm very pleasantly surprised to hear what you said, you know, talking about integration, about holistic healthcare, not just looking at Ayush in isolation, then allopathy in isolation, but really looking at it as kind of a sum of all the different parts to make it, as you said, patient-centric, person-centric. You also spoke about how India is exporting its uh, health workers, you know, and also you have people coming from outside India, and as you said, perhaps even from one state to another, which is medical value travel. How important will it be to ensure that there is a certain common set of quality standards? Because if I am, for example, coming from the United Kingdom to get treatment here, or if I'm coming from a Gulf country, I would imagine that the standards across these countries are very different. And yet, as a patient seeking value, uh, but most importantly, what I would seek first is safety. And I think quality standards help you give that uh, level of safety. So is there work being done? Is it already being done? Uh, thank you for asking this very important question, Jaisal. Uh, uh, things are already in place. Uh, you know, how a patient choose a destination for treatment? Either patient choose by the name of a doctor, and the doctor is very famous, it's world-renowned, and somebody knows, and then he or she has been referred to a doctor, or a name of a hospital, right? I think these are the two criteria, basically, which a, a person would choose to go for a treatment. So when we talk about a doctor, which are very few in name, you know, but hospitals are a lot, you know, when they are advertising themselves as a destination for medical care within the country or outside country based on benchmark, based on standards. And in India, as I mentioned, quality in healthcare is started long back. If you consider medical laboratory, of course, is one of the component of healthcare. So ISO 15189 is an international standard, which is being used by the National Accreditation Board. QI also using the same standard for providing medical lab accreditation. But as a healthcare, as a hospital, uh, in 2006, uh, National Accreditation Board for Hospitals and Healthcare Providers was set up within Quality Council of India. So journey started from there to develop standards for healthcare quality. And QA joined in 2017, right? And uh, these standards which were developed for different types of healthcare provider, which mostly basically the hospitals are based on the principle of International Society for Quality in Healthcare, ISQA. Uh, which has set up ISQA External Evaluation Association under its international accreditation program. So this ISQA actually provides benchmark for the accreditation bodies globally. So anyone, any standards for healthcare accreditation meeting the ISQA standard would say they are working on the same principles. 
Similarly for the organization. So ISCO also provide accreditation to the accreditation bodies like NABH in India. So this gives equivalence to the healthcare organization globally. So when we say patients want to choose someone or some hospital, they would say, okay, where I should go? I should go to an accredited hospital. An accredited hospital, you know, they are already publicizing it. ISCO also put their accredited providers accreditation body on their website. The, the accreditation body put the list of hospitals which are accredited to their program. So this gives information to the patient, not within the country, but outside the country. That where should I go? Oh, these are uh, 50 or 100 hospitals accredited by these accreditation bodies, which are internationally recognized under risk of framework. So they can comfortably visit because they will know that these are accredited hospitals based on international principles of ISCOA, they would definitely provide good care compared to any other hospital. So it's not that non-accredited would not provide, but how a user would choose, you know, like in India, we say, how you go and select a product, say we say ISI mark by Bureau of Indian Standard, that's a, that's a gold standard in India. So we go and say, oh, ISI mark, okay, fine, it may be good. Similarly, how to choose a hospital is a hospital is accredited. So, the people from outside will also go and look at it, you know. So that's the credibility Indian healthcare system has developed and built over last uh, 17, 18 years, not only domestically, but internationally, globally, that patient would choose a hospital and visit Indian hospitals for their treatment. There is a benchmark already established. And this is going to be strengthened uh, in time to come as well, because standards are evolving. Standards are not like once developed and they are holding good forever, no. Usually standards are reviewed and revised every four to five years. So I think the agenda of Indian, Indian healthcare quality system is already on track, which actually supports our government's Heal in India and Heal by India, uh, you know, mission. And, and I think another thing, uh, um, our Prime Minister's uh, vision of Aat Nirmar Bharat, self-reliant India. You also mentioned at the beginning that you spoke about uh, doing a course and quality in the veterinary space. And today, One Health is something that everybody is talking about. Right? And COVID, of course, has brought that to the fore, but it always was a concern and increasingly more so. So how does your role in terms of accreditation in the veterinary space and focusing on quality how will it impact us as individuals? And, uh, you know, too often we've made the mistake of thinking that uh, veterinary doesn't concern us. It concerns only health of animals. So I would love to hear your perspective on this. Thank you, Jeshal, for bringing this up. I think the whole idea behind uh, developing accreditation standards for veterinary hospitals and clinic was One Health. Without having uh, taken care of uh, the, the veterinary side, Perhaps we not achieve what we want to achieve in, uh, you know, in our uh, healthcare system, because if disease is, you know, uh, communicated from one place to another one, or you know, going to another place, how the disease is transposing from animal to animal, animal to human being? I mean, there may be a lot of complex ecosystem, but significantly, yes, from animals to human, there are challenges, and still we are trying to figure out. The, 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 how COVID-19 came into place, you know. So this is very, very important that we also pay attention to uh, veterinary field. And that was the reason. And I am very happy that 
the standard development was really well supported by department of animal husbandry and dairying ministry of animal husbandry uh, to develop even they put their stand our standards on their website for public consultation so this is this is very very important we need we need to have that this integrated approach and one health is actually positioned well in uh, for taking care of this we can't just go away with just one component right and one important aspect of that is also as we know related to health is antibiotic resistance coming up uh, there are a lot of antibiotics being used in animals which are same used in 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 a human being also they are u- using in the 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 quantity is very very high so if something is resistant there you know and some the uh, microorganisms come into human how you will tackle that so i think controlling the antibiotic uses in animals linking with the whole ecosystem like you know is a food chain is a food chain you know how it goes to plant animal human being and whole ecosystem food chain ecosystem we have to be really very very careful in in use utilizing antibiotics and medicines and all these things and therefore having a set of standards for quality in animal veterinary is very very important and we really want to make it uh, a point that we create awareness around it we encourage people the organize veterinary hospitals and clinics to come forward to adopt these standards you know uh, use of standard is important you go for accreditation you don't go for accreditation that is secondary i personally always say that please use standards right use standards write sops write protocols use them implement the standards you want accreditation you can go for accreditation later on but don't think the other way you want accreditation and that you want to implement the standards that may not give you the the full benefits but take standards use them over a period of time one fine day you may think oh you have everything why don't you get accreditation right no oh, it's amazing to hear this because these are all new frontiers and it's great to see uh, you leading the way and india leading the way in such areas uh, by the way Uh, you also gave some great advice uh, you know that we should think about implementing standards processes and then think about accreditation and not the other way around that now just because i need to get accredited i suddenly start implementing standards and processes just talking a little bit more uh, and this is my final question uh, you know whenever i thought about health i always thought and careers in health i always thought you know you could be either in public or private health but you could be a doctor a nurse a midwife uh, you could or you could be a support function in pathology for example or uh, you know you could be a health, health administrator but you brought up a completely new career profession in the healthcare space which i had never thought about which was quality in healthcare and i think it's going to be an extremely important driver in the future as the world gets more and more integrated so coming from someone who spent all his life doing quality in healthcare what would your advice be to our young listeners who are looking at this point or contemplating a career what how would you advise them to look at quality in in healthcare as a career option thank you jaisal i think this is very important point i think quality is such a subject or area of work i would say that anybody can use it it is not restricted to specifically to those professionals who have been or would be in quality it can be anyone it can be any leader any ceo director or a doctor nurse paramedic anyone can be 
a quality leader anyone can contribute to quality in healthcare someone looking for a career yes then again a the lot of options available at any time uh, somebody can be a full time uh, quality professionals now after the uh, you know practice of uh, accreditation hospitals or any healthcare facility require a quality manager you know a very commonly term uh, used term is quality manager but you can use any any term for for that matter so uh, there is opportunity available for anyone to be getting into a full time quality professional there are a lot of trainings available and i have been seeing now in last uh, several years is that many doctors uh, allopathic doctor mbbs when we bms for iu system even dentist they are adopting quality as a career uh, going into it even uh, the management graduates uh, i will see the hospital administrator or uh, mbas in health and hospital administration coming out from the business schools they are adopting quality as one of the career line you know so they are just going and training so we at qi are also mindful of that and how we can help and support anyone who is interested to get into quality full time part time or you know whatever mechanism they would like to choose so we do lot of training programs at different levels everyone has a responsibility and ownership to drive quality in healthcare because at one point of time we all are some are linked to healthcare whether we ourselves become a patient family member become a patient or somehow we are connected to someone who is receiving healthcare in a, in a healthcare facility so i think we all are having a responsibility towards making quality um, in healthcare a better option so i would welcome all of uh, the listeners to join quality uh, ecosystem to contribute for the best of healthcare ecosystem not only in india but globally thank you very much thank you dr rana and this has been truly inspiring and exactly in line with badlaw for better because what you just articulated that quality has no restriction you could be a patient you could be a senior citizen you could be a teenager but you can all contribute towards quality in healthcare and with that hope and uh, with that hope for badlaw i'd like to end this podcast thank you so much dr rana i'm sure our listeners will gain a lot hearing from your insights and experience thank you jaisal thank you very much for having me here today and a request to our listeners uh, if you do like our podcast badlaw for better please do rate it either on spotify or on apple podcast thank you very much for your support you were listening to badlaw for better an indian healthcare story a podcast by b medical systems saving lives through reliable and innovative technology hosted by jaisal doshi